I am back and well-rested after a bit of a summer break. I'm gearing up for episodes that will take us into November with guests like Bandiers president Kimberly Lee Minor, author Marissa Renee Lee, founder Ellen Bennett of Headley and Bennett's, and today's episode with writer, performer, and social media personality Serena Kerrigan. She started your favorite Instagram live dating show during COVID and hasn't let her foot off the gas since. Listen as we chat through the behind the scenes of building an online persona, the mental health implications, and how to trust your own gut. I'm Vivian. This is Happy to Be Here. And this is Serena Kerrigan. I'm so excited to be on an episode of Happy to Be Here this time with Serena Kerrigan, who I was lovingly introduced to by a very good friend. She took me to your show, Blind. I didn't know really who you were or what you were about. And it was the perfect timing to be introduced to you. So I'm really excited to hopefully be introducing someone else to you right now too. Thank you so much for having me. It's so funny. I, I rarely have been able to speak to people that have been in your position. So that is very exciting for me because obviously going on tour was such a new thing, you know, mm-hmm. post COVID world. So having someone in be introduced to me that way, I'm very curious what your take was. It was cool. I loved the combination of motivational aspects of the show as a whole with the comedy aspect. I felt like it was a really good stand-up kind of, it felt like a stand-up number with a lot more depth, which I loved. I love that. Thank you. And the experience as a whole was so cool. How was that putting it together? And I mean, more and more people I feel like are going to be meeting you from this perspective on like, a much larger stage than when you got started on social, which is still a really large stage, but just a different environment. How was that experience for you starting off with the tour and then just building organically over the last few years? I mean, I feel like, you know, it's so funny you say that because it's like, I felt like the tour is so insular because for you to have come to my live show, like that was a tough barrier to entry. You don't know what, think about like, when any comedian comes, like when Chris Rock, who I'm a fan of, comes to New York, I'm not like running to go buy a ticket. <laughs> so like the barrier to entry to go to see a comedian is pretty large. And then I'm not even a pure like comic, right? right. Like that's not something I'm known for. So like, and maybe if you're not really as sure what the brand is, like the brand, no, understand it. And then you're like, I'm really gonna dedicate an hour and a half of my life to this. I have to pay. I mean, there were so many hurdles which is why like I wanted to make a show that was just so funny, fun, entertaining, had so much going on that would appeal to this post COVID TikTok three second world, like with the four outfit changes and videos and really like trying to keep it snappy and also be vulnerable, funny, but ultimately like I wanted people to walk away feeling good about themselves and empowered. Isn't it wild? Like I was introduced by a friend and that was my, which I think is how a lot of people get introduced to you, whether it's like someone physically bringing you or someone sharing something you've posted. Yeah. What I love about it is I feel like if you are unsure about what my brand is, I feel like that's a really good, I feel like people really get me. They're like, oh, like I get it now. I think the thing with playing a persona on social media is that people really are just they don't sometimes they don't get it like or they just or they don't want to or they're like that girl is like you know she loves to be super glam and she lives in new york and she blah 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 and so i don't relate to her at all but i think that like 
the people that understand that it's a character and it's something that's supposed to, that's really there to make me feel confident. It's there mm-hmm. to make someone else feel confident. And ultimately, like, we're all playing a part, a version of ourselves on social media. I'm just more um, obvious about it, I guess. Well, I was going to ask, it's a really good segue. Like, how do you navigate building out that persona? How intentional is that? And then how do you balance the boundary of like, this is the persona and this is who I am and this is my mental health and this is like the creative aspect of this. Where are your lines? Right, it's really difficult because it's like, obviously like there's times where I post and I'm like not being the persona at all. Like I'm crying over like something or like, you know, like I do show those moments of vulnerability and people really appreciate it. But I think that like, it's pretty obvious. Like I don't go around being like, I'm having so much sex, like fuck this. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I'm not like constantly cursing every five seconds. Like mm-hmm. I'm not like so outwardly aggressive and not in like, I, I think aggressive is like a, maybe has a negative connotation, but not in that sense. Like I just like, I'm very, I'm pretty calm. Like I'm, I think people are, are they always say like, I'm surprised with how chill you are. And I'm like, because that's it's just like a very heightened version of myself. And I think it's like, what I love about it is that it really creates a buffer between me and you know, the online world. It's not to say that I'm being fake online. I'm not. It's just, and it's, it's, it's absolutely an extension of me, but like, you know, people like are really vicious and I read everything. Like I've actually like made a point to stop reading because I feel someone said to me, they're like, it's a form of self-harm. And I'm like, it's so true. Yeah. So you're actively going to read things that are super mean about you. Like you're just never, it's not, it's not a, it's not uh, a healthy way to approach the conversation. And it's not to say that I don't want to take criticism. I'm, I'm a human being. I've had so much to learn, you know, especially of someone like me who's white and privileged and, you know, like cisgendered and et cetera. Like I, I, I definitely am constantly learning, evolving and, and trying to use my platform for good. But I think that what I love about the SFK thing is like ultimately when people are like, oh, she's so full of herself. I'm like, first of all, yeah, I fucking am. Duh. And by the way, we all should be. But I mean, being full of myself doesn't mean I want you to be, I like, I want everyone to be full of them. I want everyone to love them fucking selves. Like, it's not that complicated. And it's like, if that bothers you, is it because of me? Or is it because maybe I'm forcing you to confront something about yourself? And I think that that happens a lot. It's like, you know, I know so many creators and they provide entertainment or a value, which is like, they show you how to do your hair, makeup, mm-hmm. dress, how to live in New York, how to juggle being a student and a creator and, you know, so many things. And I think the thing that I face, and I, I don't even want to say it's an issue, it's like people are following me for my ideas. And that's interesting. And that's tough. It's a different it's space. Tough. Yeah. Different space. Mm-hmm. And it's not just ideas. It's this like hyper-liberal, sex-positive, feminist, like you know, aggressive, like I'm bullying you in a good way because I want, you know, but like, again, like holding up a mirror to people being like, you need to confront your shit because life is short and like, there's no reason why you shouldn't really truly be your own best friend. But people, I get, people don't want to fucking deal with that. I get it. (laughs) So it's like weird because it's like, I get frustrated where I'm like, why have I not taken in the entire fucking world yet? I'm like, oh, because sometimes I feel like, maybe I'm just like a couple steps ahead of, and people are catching up in a way. Not that I'm any better or any like more enlightened, but more just like sometimes I watch my videos and I'm like, damn, like that was fucking annoying, but I'm right. 
But like, you... you're so fucking annoying, Serena. But like, I, I'm like, go off, you know? But seriously, like at that point, you're kind of, I think that when you're saying you're a few steps ahead, I don't think it's obnoxious to say that. I think that the great thing about someone who is leading on the idea front on the creator side is that you are a few steps ahead and whatever happened in your life that you may or may not share on the internet is the reason why that's happened, right? Like I'm on the mental health space and I was writing about anxiety and depression on the internet eight years ago when it wasn't a thing. Right, and now right? it's like- Now it's a like- thing. But it was that moment of like, am I ahead? But then also when you're that ahead, you learn with back vision where you're like, shit, I should have like protected myself a little bit differently back then. Or I should have set different boundaries. So I started the conversation like that. Cause I think that when you're an idea leader on these spaces, it gets really easy to meld yourself with those ideas so intricately that you forget that you're a person outside of that and that you deserve your own level of care despite the fact that you're serving people in such a great way. Um, but it can get really muddy. So that's the thing. And I, I'm like so in agreement with you. And it's like mm-hmm. the expectation. I mean, I've seen a lot of people put their entire life on social media. And I, and maybe it works for them. I personally don't think, I think at some point you burn out or you almost like don't even know who you are because yeah. it is performative. In and of itself, social media is performative. And like, it just is like when you post something, it's a, we're all performing, not just social media in life. We're all performing all the time. Like who are we really? And so for me to have really clear, like SFK would do this and Serena would do this. And sometimes I don't want to be SFK. Like I don't want to like wear a ridiculous outfit to my high school reunion, but like, yes, but you know, on Saturday I did. And I was like, fuck it. She <laughs> would do. She'd wear like these like crazy, like cargo pants, like crop tops. She's like, give a shit. Like, and I love that. I love accessing because you know what? Going to my high school reunion gave me a lot of anxiety on Saturday. It was my 10 year reunion. I'm not really close to that many people in high school. I always Same. felt this like tension. Cause like I just became close with my college friends and I never really knew how to navigate that space. Cause they all stayed really close. And I got, was really anxious. And what did I do? I channeled the persona in a way that wasn't like harmful to anyone else. It's just like, okay, like I had my midriff showing at my high school reading. I'm like, duh, like, why not? Like <laughs> that made me feel confident that I just was like, fuck mm-hmm. yeah, like, I'm doing this. And so that's what I love about her. It's like, I can tap into her. But what frustrates me sometimes, and I guess it's okay. And I guess it's just kind of like the side effects of playing a character on the internet. It's like, you know, that people take it such a face value. Like they can't really yeah. see the past. But it's, I guess it's the same way where a lot of people ro- watch reality television and legit think it's real. And I'm like, mm-hmm. the way that it is, like, I, I not. Guess, I stop it's myself, do it for like, the plot, but like in another way. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like, it's okay. You know, I think that like, you can't please everyone. I think it's really important to have people in your life that ground you. Like my best mm-hmm. friends from college are all doctors. And it's like, they don't, they're so proud, but like, they know how to keep me like, they're, they're fucking out there saving lives. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like posting branded content for like water. So I think like having people like that in your life, and I'm not saying that like their job, I mean, their job is more important than mine, but like, <laughs> I provide entertainment for those people in those hospital beds when they're on TikTok scrolling, mm-hmm. right? But I'm saying like, to have people in your life that really keep you grounded and remind you of who you are and don't, like, I know that I'm net fame and this shit will never actually get to me. Like, like it really won't, like, cause it would have by now, 100%. Like this was the year that it was gonna have happened. 
but it's also because like my friends always knew that this is what I wanted, but it's like, I, they, you keep those people close to you that aren't yes people. And I see a lot of people like surround themselves with people that are too afraid to tell them no. And mm-hmm. then like that they're, they get fucked, you know, cause they have no boundaries. They have no, like they just act and they don't care about the repercussions cause someone's too afraid to tell them that. So like I surround myself with people that are like, like I haven't heard from me. Where the fuck have you been? Like care, like step up. And I, and I have, and I have those, I've had those conversations and I'm like, thank God I have people that like that in my life. You know, that's so important to stay true to who you are, especially in this, it's like. It's so hard. Right. And I think your do it for the plot, which I said, mentioned earlier is one of my favorite things that came out of the show because I can see how that phrase would be taken by someone who is surrounded by people who are just yes people and be like, well, that justifies every single thing I want to do in my life. But I've been in the space where I'm like, I've been in this space long enough to know that do it for the plot isn't like, let me hurt everyone along the way. It's like, let me find the joy of the things that I can do or the things I'm too scared to do and say like, this is what's going to get me out the door when I'm struggling with X, Y, Z thing and then move from there. So like, I love that the whole conversation at this point, we hadn't even mentioned it, but it was basically leveling up to that. It's almost like the new yellow honestly Mm -hmm. like it's really like it's almost also which I it's so interesting how like something that I put out on social I am also dealing with and really I get asked a lot like what do you mean by that term and I'm almost still like investigating what it means to me for me I think right now it's like you know being comfortable with surrendering control is like what I'm dealing with. Like I obviously like really care about my career and really like I, I, I know my ambition and I've been underestimated my whole life. And like, it's always, I've set out to prove everyone wrong. And it's just like, to the point that like in moments of stillness in moments of like, maybe like someone's like, what do you have next? What do you have going on next? And I don't have an answer. When are you going on tour next? I don't know yet. It like used to crush my soul. Like how could I not have a plan yet? And I'm learning that, like, when you watch a movie, not every moment is super fucking climactic. Like, it goes in a rhythm. And so, like, not just do it for the plot, but, like, it, like the plot. Like, be okay with different plot points. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, I mean, all of our lives are movies, right? So it's, like, it's like mm-hmm. me, I'm also okay with, like, not just do it for the plot, but it's also for the plot of your life. So like these moments of stillness, like it is furthering your plot, these embarrassing moments. It's not just like, yes, take a risk, do it YOLO. It's also looking back or looking like being in present moment being so fucking upset, but knowing that this is what's going to create your storyline. This is what's going to make you a better person. This Virgil Abloh said, the struggle is the point that, that quote, like if I ever got tattoos, it would be like across my forehead. Because I think about all those moments in my life that I was struggling. I'm like, this is why I'm sitting in front of you today, having this conversation with you. It's because because of all those things. And I think that as you get older, you get that perspective. And, but like, I'm learning too, to just like be comfortable with relinquishing some control. It's very hard, but I'm doing it. Um, I'm trying. So yeah. How are you doing it? Um... I think that, you know, what I just said, it's like, I, if I didn't have something lined up huge, you know, like I went from like doing a dating show on Instagram live during the pandemic to starting a card game business to then like doing brand content, tons of that. Then, um, 
doing a live comedy show to immediately starting to write a script of a TV show. Like, again, like, because it was too scary to maybe Mm -hmm. just pause and be okay with like, what do you want to do next? What's exciting? Like what, you know? And I think that that's how I'm doing it is like not necessarily having like the exact answer and being okay with that. And also Mm -hmm. letting go of the expectation of like what my career is going to be. Like, like I always like, because just like, even like, that's what's so fucked up. And I'm sorry, Paul interrupts me. No, point. I feel like, <laughs> but I love this. I feel like you, this is different than other podcasts because I'm like letting myself think and like be vulnerable and not, SOK is not in the building. Okay. This is Serena. <laughs> um, but I think that that's what's so toxic about the follower count because it's like this weird metric that we're doing to like compare ourselves. It's so fucked up. It literally shouldn't, it's so fucked up because it's like, I'm like, I won't get happy until I reach X. And it's like, but like, there are plenty of people that have way more followers than me, maybe don't have a, a card game business. Or like, you know, maybe like there are people that like, they're, they have 20,000 followers, but their audience is way more engaged and their affiliate is insane. And they like, they sell everything that they put, right? So it's like, it's so stupid and it's just not relevant really. You know, it's about impact. It's about, so that's the thing. It's like, I really also try to like relinquish the like, if I get to X number, I'm going to, you know, it's like at the end of the day, if someone changes their contact of their X to it's a fuck now with my face <laughs> as the contact photo. I think that that for me is better than a new follower. It's because that's impact, right? Like that's actual someone who's like listening. Yeah. Right. And that's so hard to retain, right? I think, I think, the whole space is betting on people wanting vertical. They want people to climb up to get that follower account to to want to fight other people to see who gets to the top first. Right. And I've always been like horizontal. Like, how do you make sure that the things that you're creating are making the impact and the ripples and the ways that make you happy, but that also are feeding everyone in the community? And I think you've done an amazing job at that, right? I think it's a business for you and, and in the way that is still organic to who you are, still setting up all those points, but it's still like, cool, you're writing a script. Someone who went to the comedy show may not know that, or someone who buys the card game may not know that because you're wearing all these different hats. Right. But it is, I think, a more sustainable path for your well-being, right? Because it means that you're not investing wholly in that next number on your follower account because like, the script is unattached from that to some degree, right? And like all these other things are unattached and it just makes it feel like you're more human than I think the algorithm is asking of a lot of people right now. I'm telling you, like I was just at an event with creators this morning and many of them came up to me saying, how did you come up with the idea for the card game? Because I am scared. What if I get canceled on TikTok or like what if TikTok shuts down or what? You know, and, and I said, yeah, you're right to have that, not fear, but that motivation to find something offline. And they asked me, I said, are you going to make it an app? And I said, honestly, like, I like having something that's like not digital. Physical, yeah. Like, we're so stuck to like, right, to have some physical project. Mm-hmm. You can sell. But I think, you know, that's my piece of advice for creators now is like, you need to have a source of revenue or even a, or build a skill set, even if you're not at the place, ready, you know, but like writing, writing a book or like, just like writing script or, you know, acting or like having another skill that has nothing to do with your online. Because I just like, you know, at this point it's like everyone's famous or everyone has a following. Everyone's an influencer in their own right. You know, 
their followings. Like we're all influencing each other to buy things because we're in a capitalist society. Yeah. If all of us are influencers, then none of us are. And I think there was such a resurgence of like this period. And I think mm-hmm. like, as with anything with patterns and cycles, there's going to be this, it's the same way where Y2K is blowing up. It's like, we're all craving that. Like, it's the same way I went on a speed date, like event. It's like, we're all craving the offline. And I think that that's something that I'm, I, the card game kind of was just like a random idea that popped off, you know, mm-hmm. but like, I just think like the desire to connect. Um, but I think that, that, that you're absolutely right. It's really important to have those avenues where you can literally just like get off your phone. And it's also like confidence boosting now because it's, oh, I'm good at stuff that doesn't have to be validated by a follower account or by a like count or by, or by how many views. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's, it's t- I mean, like, I'm obviously super grateful and I'm like, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just, I think also another thing is like, there's no end. Like you make a viral video. Well, okay, make another one. Like there's literally like, it's not like a musician, an author, an actor, or like other people in creative spaces that actually have a beginning and end of a project, a beginning and end of a tour. Like, it's just, oh, you made a nice video. Okay. When's the next one? It's just, that's scary. That's scary for me to see for people that don't know or don't like, what do you do? You sit all day in your room making videos. Like that's scary to me. You know, how did you make sure that you were going to live your life outside of the reality? Like you went viral, you had these moments and then also there's just your life, right? How do you make sure that you're cemented in who you are and what are some tangible tips for like other people who are struggling because there are so many different expectations on them? Yeah, no, it's a really good question. I think like, you know, the thing is, is that I never was, and this might be not be relatable because I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of people did dream of becoming, I see it. It's amazing. I was like a little older than a lot of the like Gen right. Z influencers. So they were in high school being like, I, when I grow up, I want to be a YouTuber. Like I didn't like, I, when I said, when I was in high school and I was 15, I was like, I want to be a filmmaker, which you saw on my show. So for me, it was, the internet was like a great place to get, to make stuff to like make shit. I couldn't believe I worked at refinery 29 when I was 22. I was an intern and I was like in charge of like the Facebook live, like holding the camera and like pressing play and like producing and being the cinematographer of this. Like I was shook. I was like, I couldn't believe the amount of power I had over this piece of content, you know? Um, And that was back when like digital media companies were like the hot thing. So I don't know. I always felt like the end goal was never really to do the internet. It was to really do film. And I'm still like on that path. And, but the thing is, is that, you know, writing a script, it doesn't, it's not like creating a TikTok. Like you don't get that immediate dopamine rush when you, cause you're not posting shit. Maybe I'm sending it to my mom and she's like, it's great. But like, <laughs> not the same thing as those view counts going up. And like, we're so brainwashed now that we need that immediate gratification for anything, literally anything. Like, like even just like, opening up a web browser. Like if it takes like more than two seconds, like I'm pissed if my Zoom does <laughs> Like what? Like for a dial up, like, you know, like anything now needs to feel instant. And I think mm-hmm. it's a great practice for me in terms of staying grounded is having something that isn't instant. That's going to take work and time. But ultimately I think will be very, very fucking fulfilling once 
it finishes. But really having an activity, a skill set, something that isn't this instant, like, yep, yeah, did it, perfect, hot, sexy, like you look amazing. Like, what is something that like you're not gonna get that feedback that fast? Like that's you know, that's tough. And that's tough, right? Because I think I thought of it in two ways. One is that I'm I'm 29, so we're about the same age. And yeah. I I grew up in the same environment where the internet has always been a tool for me. It has right. been the medium by which people read my writing. It's been the medium by right. which I've connected people through mental health. Like that, it's just a way and a vehicle. If it disappears tomorrow, I'll still be writing, right? Like I'll still be writing somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is way different, like you just said, with Gen Z, that's like the internet was the destination. Like that's, that was well, the thing. It's all they know. And that's a really hard place to build your self-worth and to like understand what your value is for the world because your value for the world is the only world that you're you're seeing on that follower count. And you don't realize like, wait, I can exist outside of this. And there's different aspects of me that can be folded into what is next. Um, and it's I also think crazy. like what you were saying too, like with like you want to be a filmmaker, like the Internet was just a, a point of that. Right. Like. It's like it's that part of the plot that gets you there faster, gets you there in a different way than you maybe had anticipated before. But I feel like that's the bigger struggle. Everyone wants to be a creator, right? But like, what do you want to create for? And I think that that's like the big question that's going to be sitting on a lot of people's shoulders over the next few years, which is like, why am I doing this? Like, what is what is every time I see someone that's like, you should here's how to get more followers. I'm like, but why? Like, why do you want more followers? Well, I think that that's a really interesting point. I mean, listen, like Mm -hmm. the industry, it's incredible to like, you know, as a woman that like, I watched the series Mad Men front to back three different times in my life. Like I was in high school, once college, once out, I'm probably going to do it again. And the fact that the advertising industry was obviously controlled by white men. And now it's primarily controlled by women because women are the social media managers and those social media managers go to the brand accounts and go, we need to hire Serena or someone else for this. So it's that I love that this consumer, you know, this industry is now dominated by women. That's very like exciting. And, you know, if you didn't grow up with privilege and you're sitting in your living room in middle America and you can make money from TikTok, like that's fucking amazing. Like having that agency over like, you could like feed your fucking family. Like that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're really creative, like what a, what an amazing out. Like when I went to Duke, like no one graduated my major. I graduated with 10 people in my major. <laughs> media studies. It was like, what a joke major you like should have gone to do for econ or becoming a doctor. And I was like, I was like, don't worry. It'll work out for me. And then boom. Now I'm sure that that major is like, I actually it is because I was asked to go speak to Duke. I was <laughs> That was like for influencers. I couldn't believe it. It was called like like building global audiences. And I went and they flew me out there to talk to the students. And it was just like, I literally was in awe. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, now everyone, you know, it's like, again, talk about being a little bit, sometimes a little, little bit ahead yeah. of the curve. I don't know, just like that intuition. But I think it's amazing that people, but I totally agree. Like those, account, forget like, okay, why do you want followers, right? Like I get it, like monetarily, but why would you want to build an account where you're telling people how to grow followers. Like that's like a little like, like, is that really providing value to people? Maybe, I mean, maybe, because like you see it, right? The domino effect of that. But I think like for me, it's like, 
I don't want to just be famous. Like that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. I used to when I was younger because I didn't know what I wanted to be who I was. Now it's like, how can I make people realize that we're all going to fucking die? Like we're dying, like we're dying. So how can I make them just enjoy themselves for like a bit of time? Like, because it's so within reach. It's just like about unlearning like all this bullshit that's been literally like indoctrinated in our head. And then really just like having these intimate moments with ourselves that we do with everyone else. Like, how can I show them that in a fun way, you know? And that's like ultimately like what I want to do, you know, like forever. It's purpose driven, right? And I think that that's when, when people are searching for followers, I think they're searching for purpose. And I think yeah. that sometimes it gets tangled up in like number game and then you forget like, oh, crap, it's purpose. And like that my one of my other favorite parts of the of your show was like the mirror moment, right? Where you have to like, there's no one else there. Like it is you and the mirror. And I think that that is beautiful in and of itself for like a lot of self-confidence reasons and like, I love that people were just like, no, I am beautiful. I am amazing. All this stuff. But then also like, I am smart. I am skilled. And like all these other aspects of myself that I don't see when I'm waiting to just be reflected in someone else's eyes versus in my own. And that I think is such a cool unlock that you teach your audience of like, what do you look at when you see in the mirror? And like, how do you change that to meet who you actually are? A thousand percent. It was so interesting. One of the things that frustrated me a lot and the activity was people, more than one time women would go, well, I'm a really good friend. And I'm like, no, that's not, because that's about validation from someone else. Like, what is it you like about yours? It's amazing to me how we really taught women, like, God forbid you say, I like my eyes, or I like my butt, or I like my brain. God forbid, like, whoa, my gosh. It's like, it breaks me in half. And that's what's like, really like, like, it bothers me when I get so much like hate on the internet sometimes. It's been fueled recently, whatever, I don't know. Cause I'm just like, I really am like a pure, like I'm genuinely trying to help people. Like it's not like a performative, like I don't actually care how, like I genuinely fucking care. Maybe it's the cancer in me. Like I just like, <laughs> like a mom, you know, like I just like, so I mean, whatever people project and you, you can't win them all, but like, I just, it makes me really angry. Like, it makes me really angry that people are taught to hate themselves. I was too. Like, that's why mm -hmm. I just, I, I needed SFK. Like, I needed it. You know, we all do at some point in our lives. And that's the, you have mastered the ability to have a tool that's a person, that's a personality that helps facilitate those moments of confidence. And I right. think that you have lovingly, because of your personality, your ambition, your career perspectives, been able to scale that beyond yourself and that's cool like that is something that I think when the case study of SFK is written is like a really cool way to scale the one person show into a multi-platform entity because the person who picks up your cars may not be the person who goes to your show may not be the person who watches the show but somehow they're all being touched by some version of who you are and the purpose you are in your life. And that's pretty awesome. That's literally one of the most beautiful quotes I've ever heard. Like legitimately <laughs> going to cut this clip down and send it to everyone <laughs> I know. I love that and thank you. And that means so much to me. My goal really is how do I build a big enough audience 
to really do the show and like really like I want the world to see the show like I, I would love like a Netflix or HBO special but like I obviously have to work to get there but like that's to me like what I feel I'm very passionate about continuing to do that that show and I just love that you went to go see it because I feel like it was so small and it was and it was like my friend and I went she she took me and we walked down and she was like what did you think like isn't she amazing because she's been a fan for a little bit and I was impressed, obviously, with the show and the the writing on the show. As a writer, I like, I thought it was just okay. so spot on. Um, but then I walked out and I'm like, holy shit! Like, it is wild how easy you can convert someone, right? And I don't think that that's as easy for a lot of people. Um, but I, and then how you can hold them still. Like, there are a lot of people who walk out of a comedy show and are like, damn, I don't even know why I came in here. Like, I liked <sighs> her before I came in, and I don't like them when I leave. So Very to still tough. hold someone, yeah, but to still hold someone's attention is pretty cool. And how does that for you, as you are putting yourself out there in that new way, there with all the other stuff that you're building out, what are the your own confidence kind of tips that you're holding on to and that then you are giving on stage for anyone who didn't see the show? You know, it's funny. Like, everyone asks me, like, are you nervous? When you, were you really <laughs> nervous? You know, like, when we did Boston, it was like, nearly like 800 900 people chris rock had just performed there right after the oscars slap i was like thanks to my opener chris rock um no but like we didn't you know he sold out obviously like mm -hmm. he had like people were like barricading in like i i sold half the venue but it was huge and honestly like yes obviously i get nervous i'm like fuck i hope i don't like forget a line or whatever obviously all those moments humanize you but honestly it's so interesting like I actually am more confident when I don't have an opportunity to redo mm. so like live is my thing like because I can't second guess myself you know I've second guessed myself a lot in my life like and if there's this opportunity to do another take like then I'll f almost like fuck up on purpose right. or like just like you know it's like no you just have to do it you have to run and it's like, because I really think ultimately it's just about believing in yourself and like not caring. It doesn't matter. Like one of my favorite moments to this day is I did the first show in New York and I forgot a line and my mom goes, Blake, Blake. So she was like, it was about Blake Lively. And it literally almost made me start crying because I was like, holy shit, my mom knows my show as good mm -hmm. as well as I do. And it was just such a sweet moment. See? So it's like, like that was me forgetting my line, but like that was one of the things I'll remember for the rest of my life. And like something that like I'm so happy happened because it's just like you know so it was so authentically showing our relationship. So I mean I think it's like at the end of the day I always ask myself what's the worst thing that can happen, you know? Because I think when you do it for the plot, mm -hmm. you can't be stupid. Like you have to, <laughs> like you have to have common sense. I'm not telling people to jump off a building. Like yeah. you know, but I think it's like like within those like but really ask yourself like if you go on a date like what's the worst thing I can obviously there are bad things that can happen on a date. You have to be smart about where you're going the date, how much information you're giving the person. So let's just put that aside. But like, ultimately, like, I think what I get a lot from my followers when I see questions from them, it's always so much fear. Mm -hmm. And that really makes me angry, not angry at them, but just angry at what caused them to, what makes them so scared? Like, and how can I like really like, just, it just upsets me. I'm like, Afraid of what? Like we're literally nothing matters. Like we're gonna die, and people, no one's gonna remember us at some point. It's like it's fucking true. 
And it's just like, nothing matters. So it's just like, how, like, it just like, live, like live, see what happens. What is the worst thing that can happen? Like, obviously if there's a potential for you to, you know, get like hurt, don't do it. But like, is, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know also if I'm speaking from a place of like extreme privilege. So I'm just like, just do it. Like, I don't mean to do that. I'm just like, it makes me sad to see people second guess themselves so much. I think there's a litmus test, right? I think everyone's, oh my gosh, this is horrible, is different, right? Like for some people it's like death, for some people it's like whatever it may be. But I do think that there is a moment in everyone's life and I want to know what yours is too, but like in my life, it's like my mom died when I was very little. She, I was 10 and then uh, my grandma raised me and she died when I was 21. And at that point you kind of like very early on are like, well, if that happened and I survived those things, you know, launching a podcast, doing something like on the internet is a drop in the bucket <laughs> to all the other stuff I've done. Doesn't Literally. mean it isn't scary in its own right and it doesn't take right. work and like there's a lot of stuff behind it. But like, I I think that there is a different degree to which you are you become brave and you realize what is actually, at the end of the day, all of this goes away. I still have my boyfriend, my dog and my family. Like that's my little nucleus family. And like, they're going to be here whether I have a million followers or nothing, right? My dog will be here whether I have, like, treats or bananas or whatever. As long as I have food, he was going to be next to me. And so I think that there is a beauty in, like, you know that what? level of self-confidence. Sorry, there's one, sorry to interrupt you, but there's one person you, you also will me. always have help. Yeah, and that is something that I've I, – I love this, too. Through the show, there was mention often of, like, you lose yourself and then you gain yourself again and then you meet yourself again and you lose yourself again. And that's the everlasting cycle of like getting to know yourself. But you give the sense of permission of like, just get to know yourself. Like what is the worst that can happen when you look in the mirror? You'll look in the mirror and you'll be like, I'm uncomfortable, but that's a starting point. Or like, I'm awesome. And that's like a different place to go from. But I think that that's what you were saying really well, but just to like caveat it, like everyone's, point is different you just kind of kind of figure out what that looks like for you I think it's like you know I think you're totally right I think like you know when I see like I'm scared to move to a new city you know for me it's like I'm the granddaughter of you know my great-grandparents were immigrants my grandparents my grandparents were immigrants my mom is an immigrant so for me I'm like move to a new city like at least you're not fleeing because of a war you know which people are right now so I'm like like what's the worst, you know, but, but I also think that this is helpful. It's true. It's like pain is relative. It's all like, like suffering, fear, you know, it's all, it depends where you're from, like your upbringing, you know, maybe childhood trauma. So I, when I say I'm angry, I obviously have so much empathy. It's more just like, I just, sometimes I think it stems just directly from what are people going to think of me, you know? And I'm like, who gives a fuck? Because guess what? No one's thinking about you. You need to think about you. You know, if I literally, if I thought about what everyone was thinking about me, I wouldn't be on social media anymore. Oh my gosh. I would actually just, I would have to bow out because anything I post will get tarnished. Everything. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, not only, I feel like people spend so much time thinking about what is someone else going to think about me in so little time thinking about like, who, what about me tomorrow? What am I going to think about me yesterday? No, it's never about what you Mm -hmm. think about yourself. Because, like you said, who gave you permission yeah. to think about yourself? You, what, you what? think about yourself? Crazy. 
that's what I don't understand because I'm just like, holy shit, like there's only one constant. That's what I say in my show. I'm like, good luck with you, bitch. There's one person. And I don't know. I just like, I find it crazy that like anyone, in, you know, I started doing this thing where people DM me like, when I say novels, it's amazing. I'm like, <laughs> over my popcorn chewing. I'm like, what's she going to say? Like, what's going on? Like the twists and the turns, like unbelievable detail. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just, and they're like, so what should I do? And I go, and sometimes I just go, imagine if I copied and pasted this entire thing and said it back to you asking, like literally me asking you, mm-hmm. what would you tell me? Two sentences. They say the exact, and I'm like, see, why was it so easy for you to, you knew exactly how to give me advice. But when it was with yourself, everything goes out the window. And I think that's the mirror thing. And that's where I think it comes really handy because I think that it's true. And it's for me too. Sometimes I spiral and I'm like, if you came to me, I'd be like, oh, you're being insane. Do not say it about yourself, right? So I get it. Like we're very self-critical. So I think the thing about the mirror that I really love is that like there's a distancing that happens because you're talking to someone and yes, it is you, but the reflection, there's a distance there. And that makes it more palliative to like be able to talk and to like do it, I think. Because people are really scared to do it. I mean, I've, and I've you got to get out of your head too, right? Like, I think it takes you out of your head long enough to look at your body and look at yourself physically and be like, oh, I'm not the ruminating thoughts out there. I'm actually this human being who's standing in front of you. That's a great point. I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I think I did confidence coaching in the pandemic. I mm-hmm. like, I was just like, People were asking me and I was just like, you know, fuck it. Like, what if I just like chart, I, I quit my job. I literally mm-hmm. like, I just, that was my primary source of making money. And first of all, it was like insane. Like I had 150 people ranging from 14 to 60 years old. Wow. And I stopped doing it because I was like, all of you guys think you have your unique ass stories. Guess what? We're all the same. Like all of like, I can be like, yeah, like, but like, no, like everything is like, I was like, wow. Like it, I would rather actually like put this on a platform like TikTok or like somewhere where like it's accessible to everyone and people can take what they want from it, you know? And, and it, it just, the mirror thing for me, like I would have people that I would meet with like for 45 minutes or meet with like, they would get like a five pack. I mean, like literally like, and the five packers, oh my God, like it, they became completely different people. And by the way, I'm not like Tony Robbins, okay? But I actually might be. I'm not this like guru. I'm just literally, I have no, I will never say I changed someone's life. I just gave them the tools for them to change their, but I just said, look in the mirror and talk to yourself. Five weeks later, they're like, it's just a different person. Like you just see them differently. Like they have like, so they, they're, they just start to see themselves. And that is so powerful. And it's, it's just, it's so simple. It's so simple, but it's also not, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it's so complex at the same time because it's like, wow, I'm seeing myself. And if that's the first time I'm looking, that can be a really scary thing to stare at, right? So I think that the the, the five packers, that's what we'll call them, um, <laughs> it's actually like great because it's like, you are holding them accountable for five different sessions that they yeah. have to look at themselves. And for those people particularly, and I'm totally overgeneralizing, but it's probably like, after the first one, if they only had one session, they would have stopped. But now it's like, you're, they're accountable to you. But I would love, like, I'm pretty sure that the transformation was probably like, I'm accountable to you for the first session, for the second one, maybe for the third one. And then by the fourth one, I'm doing it for me, right? I'm doing it for like, it's like being on the treadmill and you're like, I'm hitting 30 minutes because that's what my Apple Watch needs. But that the next five, those were for me. 
no, no, like it. Honestly, like, I don't even talk about it enough because, like, but it was just like one of the most rewarding things I think I'll ever do in my life. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's, and that's why I love the show too. It's just like that. Like, I can see the impact there, but like, like that's just what I want to do with my life. Like, if I can get people to just see themselves, like, oh my god, like I'm like getting emotional thinking about it. Like, that's just mm-hmm. like it. Like, that's all. You know, that's really the, at the core of what I want to do. Yes, I love the glam, the red carpets. Like, of course, I was like, okay, I love that shit. But, like, ultimately, like, that's why, like, if you were to ask me, what do you want to, if you could do one thing, like, mm-hmm. one thing for the rest of your life, I'd be like, that comedy show. I'd do it. I'd just do it again. I would do it happily. If the whole world could see it, I would do it. I loved it. It I was also so much fun. Oh, it changes too. But, like, it's just, like, I felt like it's just... Yeah, I feel bad for anyone listening who's like, okay, bitch, when are you going on tour? I promise <laughs> I'm going on tour soon. I promise. <laughs> or like, shut the fuck up. But I I, I, I I, really also try, you know, it, it is really insular. And I think what you said just now about like, it's so simple yet it's complex. Like, you know, that can be really scary. So mm-hmm. we wonder why sometimes it's hard for someone to become a follower of mine because they might not want to fucking do it. Like, you literally oh, hold a mirror up and that's uncomfortable. Right? Like, and like that. Day, this girl DM'd me and she was like, I'm talking to my best friend and she referred to you as the angry lady on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, she's like, and her friend was defending me, but like, she's not the angry lady. She just doesn't want you to like hook up with a guy who like treats you like shit. <laughs> but it's like, I'm right. So it's like, I'm ran as the angry, aggressive, like pain in the ass. But like beyond that, the intention is pure there, you know? But like, whatever. And, I, and I, like, Sometimes we need that. I think you said this at the beginning of the episode too, but it's like you're the the person that sometimes people don't want to hear, but that they should hear, right? That, that, that it's like you're the amplified version of their own intuition. And they've just been ignoring oh. it, but they have to like scroll by you intentionally. We obviously have a writer on deck because that was a beautiful <laughs> quote. You're just spilling them out. Like I love that because it's not like I'm like, I don't have any special wisdom everything i'm saying is it's nothing is original mm-hmm. right very few things are original that anyone says so but i i found a way to communicate it obviously in a way that like it's palatable right but um i i absolutely love what you just said that was really really great yeah and it, listen like i think we'll see we'll see um I think you, this is a great way to start wrapping up the conversation. One of the last questions I always ask guests is because the title of the podcast is happy to be here. What's making you happy to be here in your world today? The relationship with my parents, you know, and actually that's, I wanted to touch on that. Like mm-hmm. my person that was kind of like a bit harder with me, who I don't really talk about ever because he's very private, is my dad. Like when I would come to him in high school and college even now, and I'm like, this guy like hasn't really spoken to me in like three weeks, but he still likes me, right? And my dad would just be like, move on. And I hated it. I hated him for doing that because I wanted him to be like, well, maybe, oh yeah. Oh, well, he liked your Instagram. Well, okay. No, he always was just like, move on. And I hate that I literally became my dad because like I know how frustrating it is to have mm-hmm. someone tell you the cold, hard truth, but I'm so grateful because he's right. You deserve a 10 out of 10. If they're not giving that to you, just move on because there will be someone that does. And it's better, you don't beg, you don't wait. And this is for anything in your life, right? Like I think there's a moment where like you have to truly like move forward. And it is actually sometimes that simple. Not, you know, it depends on what it is, but in in the sense of like, 
your best days are yet to come. And you have to keep that in mind, like always, like just try to strive for like, you deserve the best. And that's where the mirror comes in. Cause you would tell your best friend they deserve the best, right? Or I would say to you, like you obviously fucking deserve the best. So you have to like believe that within yourself. Anyway, but I love my parents. I love this book that I'm reading and you should read it. Oh too yes, tell me, tell me recommendations of things people should read. The Practice of Groundedness. I will be ordering this. This is really helping me. It's literally for, I know you're going to relate to it so much. It's for Mm -hmm. people that are just very career focused, constantly doing it all. Mm -hmm. And when they feel like they're stopping, like just for a minute, they can't handle it. And so I was like, this book is for (laughs) me. The anxiety is real. Yeah. It's it's, it's amazing. So that's been really helping me because it's like, it's okay to not have all the answers and knowing what your life is going to look like. Because I would never tell, I would never, if you were told me I had a dating card game, I'm like, bitch, I was an only child. I didn't play a card game with anyone. <laughs> like, what? You know what I mean? So it's like, like, stop trying to like, for me, what's making me happier, truly. And this is also new. I've been part of reading this book, but it's really been helpful. It's just like, stop envisioning. Like, it's good to, it's good to say like, I would like this, I'd like that. Like, yes. But like this expectation of constantly, this is, it's, 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 it's honestly just taking away the joy and also possibilities for something even better that you couldn't even have dreamed of. So trying to like less, be less so like controlling. <laughs> it's, it brought up a thought that I'll end on to a few minutes ago, you were talking about the trajectory of your career and how like that sense of stillness, right? There is no way you could have imagined the trajectory you are on right now. Like there is no world in which a pandemic will have, would have surfaced that would have allowed for a live dating. Like that was just being present enough to take the opportunity as it came. And if you, which I think is what your entire ethos is, if you learn to trust yourself enough in like the present moment, like the future's figured out. Cause as long as you got yourself, like you're good. And so, I hope that anyone who's listening to this ends up taking that away because you were just, this was Serena. Like this was just a really great conversation with the the brand ambassador of SFK, but just the real you, which I'm really thankful for. What was your favorite part of the conversation? Let me know over on Instagram at Viv Nunez or on at happy to be here pod. Read through our show notes on vivnunez.com and don't forget to leave me some love for HCBH. A rating, review, or sharing with a friend can go a long way as we continue to build up the community around the podcast. I'll catch you next Thursday with a new conversation.